Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. And welcome to you, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth here at the Advertising Show. It's being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production. And every once in a while, and we'd like to have those once in a whiles more often than just once in a while, we get a chance to, to chat with George Lois here at the Advertising Show. And today is that day. We'll also be able to bring you uh, part two of our conversation with George coming up uh, next weekend here. George, as you know, is the uh, a master communicator, uh, and that's that's kind of an understatement, but I'll tell you, it, it sums him up very nicely. George is the only person in the world inducted into the Art Directors Hall of Fame, the One Club Creative Hall of Fame with Lifetime Achievement Awards from the American Institute of Graphic Arts. It goes on and on and on. He was voted the most influential art director in the past 50 years by Graphic Design USA. And and has a new book coming out, too. Just had a, a book come out, uh, Damn Good Advice for People with Talent, uh, which is a really cool read. It's one of those ones that you can put in the, uh, in, the, in the briefcase and take it along with you. But he's got another one coming out. We're going to talk about that, uh, too, as well as we do about a whole bunch of things. Hey Brad, are you yes. there? Well, you're there. Well, you know, I, uh, uh, with this intro thing, it uh, it kind of takes a lot of <laughs> takes a lot of uh, conversation. But how are you doing, man? Doing great, and uh, you know what a treat to talk to George today. I had the honor and privilege, and frankly, just outright joy, my wife and I, of having dinner with uh, George and his wife Rosemary. Uh, in New York late last fall when we were visiting. Uh, and I got to tell you, he took us to a well-known uh, lower Manhattan restaurant. I will not give them a plug because George would not uh, approve of that. Because yeah, that they're wouldn't not, be right. They're not paying no, for no. it, you know? Right, exactly. But, uh, but anyway, we went to a nice restaurant, one of the highlights of our trip. And, uh, uh, you know... <laughs> How many times have we interviewed George? Seven, eight, nine, ten times. Quite a few over times past... over the past decade. Yes. Yeah, and so it's it's really interesting. I've talked to him plenty off air as well as interviewing him. Uh, we both uh, over the years, and it's interesting to finally meet someone that you think you know anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like uh, there are no there are no surprises. I mean, it was we just picked up right where we left off. So. Hope to get back to New York soon, and it was uh, a great evening. And uh, I really now understand uh, how it is that his wife uh, has put up with him all these years. <laughs> George, she, can, George can hear us right now, but can't respond at the moment. Uh, well, she, I'm sure we'll get she a response. Spends, she spends a lot of her time with her hearing aids out, which is the first key. <laughs> uh, not really. She's a lovely person, and uh, she doesn't have hearing aids. No, no, don't. don't. Hey, uh, a lot of stuff has been happening this past year. We're we're back to uh, back to business with the government. With that, that's a very good thing. Folks going back to work yeah. and everything. Uh, but but in advertising and, and such, I saw this this past week. It's it's called the iconic journey of the Louis Vuitton trunk. Now mm. I found out things about the Louis Vuitton trunk that I did not know about. Uh, yeah, and when you think of Louis Vuitton, what do you think of? Fine, you know, fine hand hand goods, and you know, uh, uh, 
bags and such like that, right? But right. Uh, Louis Vuitton is 16 years old in 1837. Mm-hmm. Uh, 300 miles he walks from the peasant village of Anshay, signed on as an apprentice in the trunk-making shop of a, of a f- f- foundation, and uh, basically Louis Vuitton started there. He, he has... Uh, the reason I bring this up is they're, bring, they're thinking about bringing back one of his original trunks that he made. It's basically, it's the luggage that lasted 100 years. And, you know, hmm. George always talks about do something iconic. Well, I think iconic is a good example for Louis Vuitton and the brand that he has created and mm-hmm. the fact that it's, you know, sustained so long. So I thought that was a rather interesting thing. You know, basically these trunks occurred... Uh, and were part of the packages on the transatlantic liners uh, uh, and such uh, in the good old days. But uh, well, you know, and you got to take your hat off to not only Louis Vuitton for creating, but more importantly, whoever managed his uh, brand after his you know demise and passing. Right, right. That's really to me where the credit must be you know placed. Not to mention the fact that I thought it was very innovative that uh, Louis Vuitton was buried in one of those. Uh, those uh, luggage boxes. What did you call them? Uh, it's a trunk. Trunk, which used to be, uh, you know, commonly it, used back in those days. It was it was the days of luggage. That was their version of luggage. Everybody had a trunk for be it on uh, passage through uh, uh, ocean liners or actually in a, you know, uh, you know, I want to say stage a horse drawn carriage of some sort. I, I thought only the mob was buried in trunks. But I guess that's different, huh? Okay. Those were weighted different. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, 682 high-end brands. Bhutan itself is built a single name. Uh, it's uh, 2012 sales, $38 billion. Uh, it's incredible. So there, there are a lot billion. of businesses these days. Moet, Chandon, uh, Champagne, and other well-known brands. They're not just in the the handbag and luggage business. Yeah. So, yeah, it's basically, uh, it, it's a lot of different things, but the Vuitton name is attached to that. It is indeed iconic, and I'm sure George will have something to say about that as well. We have uh, Jeremy Kent coming our way, uh, our European correspondent here, just a couple of moments here on the advertising show, and then we're going to get a chance to, to chat with George. And as I said before, we got uh, the interview uh, today, uh, this weekend, and we'll have a, a part two of the interview for you uh, next weekend as well. I hate to say interview because it's really not an interview. It's just a More great a conversation. Chat. A chat. By the way, uh, uh, George uh, did send me a, a book, and I want to thank him for that as well. Yeah. The, uh, an autographed book. I think that's cool. The Damn Good Advice for People with Talent. That was the, uh, the book that's uh, called 120 No Holes Barred In Your Face Lessons Explaining, Demonstrating, and Ultimately Teaching How to Unleash Your Potential in Any Creative Driven Industry any industry what a good thing to have on hand it's pretty cool huh i thought it was odd that he just inserted my name and changed your name out and gave us the same exact salutation on his uh on his book for autograph there. No, no, George, I, I don't think that's true i'm but joking okay. to, mine says uh, uh brad Forsyth, i always have liked you better than ray thanks for everything well there you go it's different than mine okay uh, so and I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to repeat what, what he wrote in mine that's fine We've got we've got Jeremy Cantorat for you here on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. You are going to love our conversation coming up next. Hello and welcome to Soho in the heart of London. This is the European News Desk.
This week, the UK fails to learn from California, Twitter wins Digital Outdoor Award, and The Spirit of Art by Giffard. For the first time ever, the UK has a fixed-term parliament, so just like their American cousins, British voters know when the next election will be, and so do the politicians. The party conference or convention season has just concluded, and a rapidly improving economy means that the political battlefield has now moved to the UK's rapidly increasing cost of living. The Socialist Labour Party took a beating in the polls over the summer, but managed to climb 10 points in as many minutes when it promised to freeze consumers' energy bills until 2017, if it wins the election. The fact that it was the last Labour government that set up the current energy market and loaded it with a raft of new green taxes that caused much of the price increase has been forgotten. Sadly, the UK has also forgotten California's blackout experiences when a similar experiment was tried over there. And all this is taking place at a time when UK energy needs all the incentives to invest that it can get. Twitter and London's Tate Britain Gallery have won Ocean Outdoor's annual Art of Outdoor digital competition. The awards recognise those pushing the creative boundaries of -of out-of-home digital advertising and Twitter's entry won the interactive and experiential categories with a fresh take on the iSpy game to promote a photographic capability of the Nokia Lumia. And Live Poster created the second winning entry for Tate Britain. That campaign used digital out-of-home's real-time data capability to showcase the gallery's extensive art catalogue, linking works of art according to the time of day or the prevailing road and weather conditions. For instance, an image of William Turner's The Storm accompanies a weather forecast for bad conditions. Staying with art and outdoor advertising, French liqueur company Giffard celebrated this year's London Cocktail Week by unveiling the Spirit of Art by Giffard exhibition in London's historic Covent Garden Market. The unique collection of late 19th and 20th century French advertising artwork for Giffard's Mont Pastille brand featured striking works by Auger, Capiello and Misty, many of which have not been seen publicly for a century and have never been shown in a collection before. London is the first stop on a world tour that should see the Spirit of Art exhibition support other premium cocktail festivals, including next year's New Orleans Tales of the Cocktail. I'm Jeremy Kent, and this is the European News Desk for The Advertising Show. Jeremy Kent, as always, thank you so much for bringing us up to date. What's happening over there? Uh, across the pond, so to speak, here at the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. As promised, Master Communicator George Lewis out of New York. George, how good to have you on the show once again. It oh, is absolutely always fun to, to chat to with again. you. It really is. We are, uh, we are pleased uh, to, and, and we're going to, we, you know, everybody knows everything about you. I could read your bio here, but folks know that. So we, we want to get up to date with what's going on with you. And uh, I'm sure Brad has a lot of questions as well, obviously. So, Bradley, take yep. it away. Yeah, well, Ray mentioned your new book. Uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners out there are certainly familiar with Damn Good Advice, and we're going to focus on that for a lot of our conversation today. And then we have some, you know, just off-the-top questions that Ray and I were discussing before you came on the show today, George. But give us a little preview of what you're currently working on, your well, new book, and when would, would, when would we expect it to come out? Oh, uh, the, uh, probably uh, March. I'm doing a book on, uh, it's called Lois Logos, uh, which is, uh, and I say it's the big idea logo, is big idea branding. I, I, it's one thing I've never really dug into, uh, you know, uh, in my books, and I, 
sat down I, a couple of uh, year ago and I started to kind of look through logos and how many have I done and I'm collecting it and I'm, and I'm designing a book. I have 260 of my logos. Oh my God! <laughs> I I, you got you got to be kidding! I'm telling you, and every one is a beauty. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm never I'm not really known for my logos, but more I, I know how to do logos. You know, and and uh, so that so that's going to come out probably March, I think. Uh, uh, meanwhile, with the, the damn good advice, I mean, I'm, I, 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 you, know, I'm, I'm you know, when I was uh, working, you know, uh, you know, when I was young, when I was a younger man, everybody was trying to get me to, to travel around the world and give all kinds of talks, and said I never could do it. I was so damn busy, you know. And it's not that I'm not busy now, but uh, while I'm at it, I'm, 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 I'm going around and I'm talking about damn good advice to to, to people around the world, and um, it's also a great way to uh, to. I bring my wife, and I uh, she thinks she, uh, we're going on vacation, you know. Finally, you know, <laughs> I didn't take we didn't take a vacation. Seriously, I didn't. We take a vacation for forty years. I'm serious. And anyway, so yeah, we've got to Moscow and Dublin and stuff, but you know, Cannes and Madrid, all over the all. Over. And what's amazing is, uh, you know, I, every day, almost every day, I get at least twenty emails. Uh, not just from young people, but people all over the world, uh, you know, uh, based on them, them being kind of inspired by the book and what I talk about, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and on top of that, <laughs> I get requests all the time to work on, uh, on products all over the world. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm working on uh, one now from, uh, from Israel, you know, uh, with a, uh, a woman who, who created a think a product called Travalo, T R A V A L O, which is a uh, refillable perfume container where you just where you take uh, your favorite uh, women take their favorite fragrance spray bottle and then they can take this Travalo and they can pump it up and they can fill and they can fill it and they can uh, and it's aircraft approved so you can they can carry the, a little bit of perfume with them you know and and that's uh, that's from Israel and then I, there's a terrific guy from Denmark. Who were uh, big bicycle uh, lover, and you know, there's billions of bicycles in the world, and he created this this incredible little. Um, uh, he called it, he called it City Light, you know, L I T E, yeah. where it's this very small, beautiful, uh, uh, beautiful package, and they took two lights slipped in together to make one little package where you can put it in your pocket. And uh, it, it, it gives an incredible beam, you know, a 220 degree beam on all sides. Wow! And 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 um, and uh, and the, the uh, and and they, nobody nobody can steal them. So uh, they're very they're really simple ideas that these people are coming up with, which uh, which could become giant products. You know, hmm. uh, there's, a, there's a guy from Canada who got who came to me, and I'm doing. Uh, uh, t- uh, two uh, two uh, guys who are two rugby players who um, who invented you know it sounds like nothing but it's great a water repellent foot care, footwear cover for, uh, that you use for those kind of sports where you don't uh, where they where you protect your feet in the slush and the rain etc where they usually play in you know. Um, mm. You know, uh, he calls it dry feet. You know, uh, you know. I, so I say I, I, I did this thing. I'm, I'm running in the rain. I'm running in the rain. What a glorious <laughs> feeling! I'm dry feet again. You know. <laughs> anyway, so I'm, I'm working on these products from all over the world. 
um, and, uh, and it, it's like a new business thing. If I get on, and if I get in a, in a plane and I fly to some place over there, all of a sudden I get a, a call from them to do to do products, and they're coming up with ideas. You know, uh, and I'm sitting there saying I'm waiting for the ideas from America, <laughs> and you know what the idea for America that I'm working on? What? Hmm. Basically, it's it's kind of for the Choctaw Nation of, of Oklahoma, where. I'm with a group of guys who are resurrecting Roy Rogers and and rebranding Roy Rogers, you know, and and and, and right. what, what an amazing thing about him, which I never knew, and and I think uh, it was kind of kept secret by the people who uh, by who filmed him, etc. Um, he uh, he uh, has uh, Chuck Tor, uh blood on his mother's side oh, wow. so he's a roy rogers was a cowboy and a chuck tow and a chuck tow oh, uh it, it's amazing you know um in fact i i did a, a beautiful visual I had paul davis the great the guy who did all those great uh, um, pbs uh, posters uh i did a, a, a where you see his face and half of his face is a cowboy and the other half of his face is a is a, is a native a native uh, uh, american, american and yeah. chuck tow and they, and uh, anyway, uh, so we're rebranding him, and we're uh, we're going to do what's coming up. We're going to have a, mu- a musical. Uh, it's being worked on right now. That'll come uh, open um, uh, at the uh, 2014, probably uh, the fall season. And we're doing food products. I'm doing uh, you know re- uh, you know cowboy and Native American attire, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, so I'm busy doing a lot of work, and a lot of it's coming from the damn good advice book in a crazy way. Really. Yeah, I swear. George, let's go back. We're going to wrap up this uh, segment after I finish with this uh, reaction to the question about logos. You you talked about all the years of doing logos. I think our younger audience, any audience member under 40 that is in the business, probably doesn't realize what handwork, what physical talent it took to create a logo back when you were creating them versus how digitally they are created today through computer programs, et cetera. And I think you see a lot of this out there. Talk a little bit about how you, you know, what really went into creating a logo back when you were creating them. Sure. Look, I mean, uh, it doesn't change the, the way I work, actually, when you think about it, because when I get an idea of any kind, whether it's a, if I if I do get an idea to do uh, an Esquire cover and I want to show uh, Andy Wall drowning in a can of soup, I draw it. You know, I, I do a nice, neat, beautiful sketch of it, you know. And that's my first, I always put down every, any, anything that I have in my head, I put, I, I put down with my fingers and, and, with, a, and with a pen or, 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 or a pencil. Um, and, and that's the way I start everything I do. If I have an idea for a logo, like, a, um, you know, I, I sit there first and I draw it, I draw the shape. I draw the. I. I. I just. I. Without looking up the type, I have all the types in my head. I know so, so many types. I, and I, I. I decide on something. I draw the type. I. I draw everything. So it's. But then that. And that is something that young people don't come near doing. In fact, most. Most art directors, most designers today, can't draw. 
Wow. They, 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 they're kind of growing up without and working without doing things with their fingers, you know. I mean, it, the only thing they do with their fingers is poke, is, is poke away at the, uh, at the computer. Yeah. You know, I mean, so when I talk to kids all over the world and I, and I, I talk to them about drawing and they kind of look at me and, and say, well, who needs to draw it? You just go to the computer. But boy, to me, I, to me, you have to draw it all out in your head and you have to figure it out. And, and, and then I, what I try to do is I try to, <laughs> I try to match it to my drawing, you know, sure. um, um, uh, you know the, the computer. I, I think we talked about this once. The computer is such an incredible tool. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, you know. Once I once I figured out what I want to do, say in the logo, then the, the designing the logo. Luke and I, my my son, you know, works for, on the computer with me. He's just a, he's, he's a genius with it. I mean, if we don't have the logo nailed, designed in an an hour and a half or two hours, I mean, I, you know, I got something's wrong. Yeah. I'm not doing a great job. And I don't have a great idea. Um, uh, you know, in the, in the, uh, you know, in the, in the old, before computers, you know, uh, once I, after I draw it, I said type, I do this, I cut it apart, I have to do this, I got my exacto knife, I got this, I got that, I got that, I got that, you know, and and then, of course, when you got to do an idea like uh, like I was talking, like I, uh, Muhammad Ali with arrows in his body, you know, for Esquire, you know, St. Sebastian, uh, you know, the, uh, the, you know, doing the finish, uh, doing the finish back then, you'd have to take a photograph um, you know of um, uh, you, 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 you know you'd have to you know we'd have to when we shot the arrows we had the arrows hanging on wires yeah. around his body and then we had to get it back and retouch it blah 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 uh, today if I did that with Ali I'd take a photograph of him rising you know, I'd take a separate photograph of the arrows go, go to a computer and have the job designed in uh, Photoshop, yeah. Ten minutes. Ten yeah. minutes, yeah, sure. Ten yeah. minutes, you know. So it's such an incredible tool. Um, you know, I literally, I think I can do, uh, sometimes Luke and I do two weeks' work in, uh, in, a, in a day, easily. Uh, the problem with young people, uh, with most young people, I must, I, I, I'm afraid to say, is they sit there and they, they're trying to come up with an idea looking at the computer. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I go up to him and I say, "What are you doing?" You know, when I'm, to, and he said, "Well, I'm, I'm, uh, well, what are you trying to work on?" I'm trying to do a, a night. I get, get an idea for blah blah blah. I say, "Okay, so what's the idea?" He said, "Well, I, I'm not sure. I'm just kind of fishing." I said, you, you, I said "It's not in the computer. It's, it's a dumb brute. What are you looking at? There's nothing to look at. You know, you know, you know. Sit down with a pad and pencil, concentrate, think, think." And when you get ideas and start drawing ideas, what they, what they, and when I say start drawing the ideas, start drawing, they look at me like like I'm crazy, you know. That's too bad. Something like that missing is just a, is a big void in in, in anybody's life. Advertising and it's getting whatever. worse and worse because you know young kids, uh, they don't, they can't read, uh, they can't read cursive writing. You know, right. uh, they literally can't read right. Cur- or they can't do cursive writing or read cursive writing. Um, they don't pick up a pencil and do anything with it it's all right to a computer and 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 
as I say, when I work with my son, I mean, I'm there with the head and the design, and I got the drawing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he's and he's and he's got the computer, and together, you know, bada boom, bada bang. But uh, but uh, the way young people work, uh, it's not a, it, 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 it. In a sense, the computer has. Um, really uh, limited uh, creativity in the last 10 to 10 years. George was asked a question in an interview recently, how is good advertising like poison gas? And the answer, one look at a great advertisement should knock you on your ass, your eyes should tear up, and you should gasp for air. Uh, that sums it up absolutely perfectly. And we're going to continue our conversation with George Lois here, Master Communicator on the Advertising Show with Ray Schillings and Brad Forsyth. Stay with us. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. You're like no other babe ever born. You're fabulous, babe. You know how to reach out and show your love, babe. You're fabulous, babe. You're one of the The Advertising boys, Show is Ray Shillins, Brad Forsyth, and our very special guest. We get to have uh, a conversation with George at least once a year, sometimes more, uh, which is really kind of cool. George is the most creative, prolific advertising communicator of our time. Uh, running his own ad agencies, renowned for dozens of marketing miracles that triggered innovative and populist changes in America and world culture. And, the, George, the thing that I love about you, one of the things that I love about you is we were talking in segment one about some of the things that you're doing today, and there is so much passion and love for what you do. It's almost like you're one of those refillable uh, vessels that just keeps going and going and going with a passion and an enjoyment for what you do. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's, what, that's what I really talk to kids about all the time. I say, if, you know, if you don't have the... If, if you don't have that kind of passion about everything you work on and where everything you do is is, uh, is the most important thing in, in, in your life, uh, uh, you know, you're never going to be, you're never going to join the pantheon of the greats. You know, you, yeah. if you want to be great, you've got to treat every job that like gets the most important thing in, your, in, the, in, the, in the world. And, and you know, people say, well, yeah, but you're getting kind of old. I mean, it doesn't matter. I so mean, what? <laughs> I mean, are you kidding? It's got... I swear, you know, I know people say, yo, my, my, my iconic period was in the 60s and then all of a sudden this and in the 80s, you know, you know, the, the six great marketing success and blah, 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 blah. I mean, I, I, I really think I'm, I'm as, as good and, and, and faster than I've ever been in my life because I got the computer, I got Luke next to me with a computer, you know. What I mean? <laughs> you got the magic. Connection. You know, and the other thing too is, um, yeah, I got a lot. You know, I'm 82, and all my, all the guys from the old days, my age, most of them are gone. But the guys that are still left, they sit there, they talk to me, say, and they say, and they kind of say, oh, you know, it, you know, it's getting, we're getting old, and it's hard to move around, and this and that and that, and and I say, and I say to them, what is wrong with you guys? Yeah. I mean, we're still alive. <laughs> what are we unhappy about? Yeah. I mean, we made it, and we got dozens of buddies of ours that that that, that died. You know, you know, we still cry over them, but we're. 
still here. You got, we got to, you got to keep producing because, uh, you know, and if you, and if you want to be immortal, I want to be immortal. And I know the only way that I can be immortal is I can leave behind the kind of work I, I, that I think I do. That I, you know, sure. Because everything I, everything I work on, I reject con and I create an icon. You know, that's what I try to do. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, and and then of course, I mean, I'm I'm really strange because I'm 82 and I'm still playing basketball with young guys. You know. <laughs> and I, that's mean, w- I, I mean, with players. I, I'm not kidding around. It's not uh, just, uh, you know, I don't play with the old, uh, old uh, uh, 60-year-old players. I'm, I'm, I'm play, I play with, you know, guys uh, who can really play ball, you know, because there's no fun playing with guys who, who really aren't, aren't terrific. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I limp to the gym, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, warm up, take thirty or forty shots. Warm up. You know, we 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 get we get sides. I start, and then I play like I'm, uh, you know, like I'm forty or fifty, four fifty. You know, I mean, I run through the. Wall. I play harder than any anybody there. I mean, yeah. I, I run through walls. You know, and then when it's over, I I crawl to the to the to the shower. <laughs> you know, take my shower. You know, then hope I can walk home. You know, uh, 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 you know, in, in in one piece and. Um, and I feel great. You know, <laughs> you know we've we've talked to you long enough, and over the years, to know that you used to play with your dear friend Bill Bradley, former senator as well as New York Nick, and you have other sports uh, celebrities in your in your past that are friends. Mickey Mantle. Uh, you've told Ray and I stories off air that we could never repeat about uh, these individuals, Joe Namath, and others that you knew. And uh, are still friends, I guess, with Namath and certainly oh, yeah. Muhammad Ali, et cetera. You, yeah, yeah. Uh, for those that may not know or missed it, you were on both Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon last year. Uh, I think a lot of that has not only been just simply the fact that you are George Lois and you get a lot of attention for all the things that you have done and continue to do, but certainly the uh, Mad Men and success of Mad Men and people wanting to compare you with uh, you know, Don Draper. I compare Ray with Peggy Olson and consider myself kind of a January Jones kind of guy. But anyway, uh, how was it being on Jimmy Kimmel well, gotta, and, and Jimmy gotta, Fallon? Gotta, Tell gotta, us a little I, bit about those appearances. You got to hear the story. It's very funny. I get a phone call early in the year, I guess. I, and, um, and it's from uh, a, a, a guy, an important guy in the advertising business who calls up and says, you know, um, Jimmy uh, Fallon is a very big fan of yours, very big. All he does is talk about you. I said, "Oh, that's nice." Uh, you know, and he says, uh, "You know, uh, I, I'm uh, uh, I'm going to call you soon, and we're going to have. Is it okay if we have if we have dinner together?" I said, "That sounds great." And uh, he doesn't call. So you know, a month later, two months later, I get a call from somebody, a woman, and she's talking to me. Uh, um, about setting up a, uh, a a date for me to go on a on a on, on a Jimmy um, Kimmel show, she said. But I didn't hear her say Kimmel, and I said, "Oh, that's terrific!" And I, they were, we were, we were coming up with a date, and I, and I said, "Why we coming up with a date?" I said, um, "I love you know, I, I love Jimmy Fallon." She said, "No, no, no, no." I'm calling for, for Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel. Oops. <laughs> oh, I said, oh, I love him too. You know. 
<laughs> I swear to God. I, you, I told the story were, to Jimmy Fallon. You were originally going to be on uh, Kimmel when he was in New York uh, when Sandy came through, and it ended up being delayed, and you ended up going out to California for that. Yeah, no, actually, actually, he wanted to delay it because he wanted me to do the, the California bit, you know. With, uh, but anyway, uh, so, the, so, um, so I go out to California, and, it's, uh, and Luke came with me, uh, and, um, and I... I you know, it's amazing. They really figured out. I mean, they, they, they basically wanted to talk about uh, the damn good advice, but uh, and they were and, and he picked out like three stories, and he says, "Look, I want you to tell the story of this and this. I want to tell you a story of that, and make sure you tell the story of this one, right?" Yeah. So uh, he says, uh, and he says, uh, uh, "Listen now." Um, now, now, when you do the, uh, the 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 matzo story, you know, and uh, and I said, yeah, that's the, you know, I I, I go to, uh, you know, they turned down a job, it's, uh, they turned down a matzo poster, Donald Dane Burnback, and I uh, pissed and moaned, and I made uh, Bill Burnback call up the uh, the the, uh, the Mr. Goodman at the matzo store uh, uh, factory, and uh, I I go out there, and uh, and he's uh, you know he's like like a 90-year-old, uh, you know, uh, Talmudic, uh, Talmudic scholar, and all around it was his family, and these, uh, and uh, everything, I, and I'm, I'm selling, I'm selling, I'm selling, I don't like it, I'm selling, I'm selling, everybody around him says, uh, no, I like it, I like it, I, 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 I'm selling, I'm selling, I don't like it, I don't like it, finally I go to, I don't, I, 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 like I hang out of a window, I unfurl the poster, and I say, you make the mattress, I'll make the, I'll make the yards, uh, he almost has a heart attack, I'm walking out, <laughs> and I'm walking out, you know, they fan him, they put something on his, uh, your glycerin under his tongue to keep him alive, I'm, uh, I'm walking out the door, and he said, young man, if you ever quit advertising, I'll give you a job as a matzo salesman, <laughs> so he says, so, so tell that story, and at that point, I will say, and, and it's a headline in the, in the book, I will say, if all else fails, you know, in selling something, if all else fails, uh, threaten to commit suicide. I said, great. <laughs> so anyway, so I do the other stories, I tell that story. So it's the punchline. So blah, 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 blah. So I say, so I go to the door, and uh, I'm walking out the door, and, and, and uh, Mr. Goodman says, young man, if you ever quit advertising, if you ever quit advertising I'll give you a job as a matzo salesman. <laughs> and there's this long... Nothing happens. He's looking at me. At me. He's looking at me. I'm looking at him, and I'm, my eyes are saying, "It's your line, schmuck." <laughs> 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 and, and when it was over, and when it was over, I said, "You, you, you, missed, you blew your line." He said, "Oh God, I blew my line." I said, um, "I said you're nervous. I'm supposed to be nervous. Why are you nervous?" So, <laughs> so anyway, so so a couple of weeks later, I get a call from Jimmy Fallon, and he says, "What's wrong with me?" What you did, Jimmy Kimmel? How about how about Jimmy Goddamn Fallon? How about Jimmy Fallon? So anyway, a couple of weeks after that, I went on the Fallon show, and and uh, both guys are sensational. By the way, they're incredible yeah. talents. You know, yeah. I mean, Kimmel is. I, I, they're both in, and both of them are sensational. Really, I I, I can't believe. You know, you know, we we live. I lived through Johnny Carson, and you know, he was unbeatable. You right. know, I mean, when you go back at his interviews, he was unbeatable. 
and just how he kind of interviewed a guy. Yeah. Uh, these guys do, do a good interview, but what they do besides is they come up with really interesting ideas, visual ideas. So they, kind of, they kind of remind me a little bit of Ernie Kovacs and, 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 with his uh, inventiveness in, in, what they, in coming up with ideas. Boy, that's a, that's a great analogy. And Kimmel came from the, the Man Show, which I was a big fan of many, many years ago. And uh, and Fallon, I think, is the perfect replacement for Car, or, you know, not for, for Carson, but for... yeah, they do some great, great little bits. You know what I mean? It's like uh, they like John and John Stewart's another one of those uh, uh, kind of geniuses. You know? Yeah, right. You know, George, uh, I saw both of those interviews. Made a point to record those programs, and uh, Jimmy Fallon. I have never seen uh, an interviewer gush and just all over himself. It was he was just so uh, repeating over and over how much of a big fan he was of yours and uh, and is of yours. So it's no surprise to have you say that uh, someone from his office called and and said that because he legitimately uh, comes came off that way during the interview. And I I tried to ask I asked myself how the hell does a, a former Saturday Night Live actor uh, have any connection at all to George yeah, Lois and, and yeah. your life? Yeah, yeah. That's why uh, when uh, that uh, that uh, that uh, gentleman from the ad agency called me uh, and he said he's a big fan of yours, I said uh, I was a little surprised. Oh, the other guy who was a uh, um, who was a fan of mine that you say well, where that comes from was uh, in uh, in the in the seventies and the, the late late sixties, probably seventies. I get a call from Robert Redford, right? Oh wow! And I don't know Robert Redford, you know. I mean, and uh, and it was obviously his voice. And um, he said, and "I said, uh, uh, yeah, Chair, can I help you? What can I do for you?" Uh, he said, uh, "Well, you know, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I don't know if you understand this, but I am, I." I'm your biggest fan. It's beyond being a biggest fan. I all I wanted in life is to be you. I said, "Excuse me." <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes on to say that he was a, he when he was a young, very young man. He went to uh, Pratt Institute, and he wanted to become a, 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 a to become you. He said, "I wanted to be you." Wow. And I'm studying, and I'm studying your work, and I'm saying I got to, I, I got to be, I, I got to be as great as, as 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 this guy. And he was, and at, at night he said I was taking some courses and some acting courses I wasn't really serious about. And before you knew it, I was getting parts to play in Playhouse ninety. And before you knew it, I was making a living, and I had to give it up. He said. And uh, and but I, he said, but uh, you know that's why that's to, that's why I, I I think you're great, blah 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 blah. So that was, um, and then we came really uh, very close friends. We're very close friends now. But um, um, but you, you know you think people who you know uh, you know you don't think of Robert Redford as a designer, except oh by the way he just got a great review. Yeah. For the for the new picture that's coming out in another month or so. Yeah, he was on the uh, Today Show. I saw him on the Today Show this past yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, a, a, a terrific, a terrific guy. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Uh, but also, so I, I, so I had, I also had dinner with Fallon uh, in New York, and um, 
He, uh, we started at 8, and uh, at 12.30, uh, they threw us out of the restaurant. <laughs> and he is the one funny guy. Yeah. I mean, it's not that he does... I mean, every... You know, as you're talking, he makes faces that keep you in stitches. I mean, I felt like a fool there. So I'm laughing my ass off when I'm <laughs> talking. Fallon, Fallon is is a one of one in a million. That's for sure. There's no doubt great, about that. Great, great, great talents. Hey, we've got uh, George Lois here. We're talking to today here at the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, working with uh, Muhammad Ali. George's perception: he taught the world to fight for what you believe in, no matter what. And he preached and acted with kindness and generosity. I'd say that sums up uh, a little bit of what uh, George Lois is all about. We're going to talk more with George here in just a moment on the advertising show. And I know you'll stay right here. According to George Lois, imagery must communicate in a nanosecond. The idea must be immediate and forever memorable. Hopefully an idea that enters your head and instantly enters popular culture. That's a good summation of George Lois and what he does and what he is. George, uh, so good to have you on the show today. Thanks for being here. Oh, great. I just got a text message from his wife, Rosemary. She says in her text... All I ever wanted George to become was Robert Redford. So there was a tie-in, I guess, with what George was just talking about. Hey, George, uh, we promised for our listeners that thought they were tuning in to a show about advertising uh, that we're going to talk about advertising next show, so so tune in for that. Not that we're not enjoying ourselves uh, hearing wonderful stories. The about, heck with the uh, advertising part. I just want to talk to George. That's fine. Well, I want to impart some of George's wisdom, and, and I think a good jumping-off spot here is you mentioned Johnny Carson, and I know and Ray knows from reading all of your past books over the uh, decade or so that you are a great proponent of creating not only standout advertising, but more importantly, you have often said uh, that once your advertising message or campaign or theme, if you will, makes it into the public venue and you could have somebody like, uh, and it becomes a part of pop culture, and, and you could have somebody like Johnny Carson mention it in his monologue uh, during the open of his show, you say that's what is a part of uh explosive type ideas that go beyond just a paid advertising campaign. And when I heard you say that, George, I relate a bit of that to what they say today in that if you can create viral type advertising that gets on the web and people pass it around through YouTube or social media, is that an example of today's world that you were referring to when you mentioned Carson and pop culture, et cetera? You know, I mean, with Car- you know, Carson was a was a, I did in when I, I when I left door Pop became Lois in 1967, and that's a long story. And I started Lois Hound Callaway. The first account we got was a stockbroker by the name of um, Edwards and Hanley. Nobody you know knew nobody knew who they were, and I did um, and. Uh, 
And I did uh, like seven or eight or nine commercials. You know, one of the commercials was the Joe Lewis saying, I just want to say one thing. It was in Hanley, where were you when I needed you? You know, this was when Joe, you know, the government, after this great champion, you know, retired, the government wanted money from him because of the money that they, that, that, that was, was spent during the Second World War when he was doing a, a, a bout, you know, for the, for the soldiers. And, and another commercial was Mickey Mantle saying, I thought I'd go, you know, I, you know, I may be a head ducking, you know, you know, for country boy, but I don't. Now, then I met a man that was Hanley. I'm learning, I'm learning, and then I did another commercial with, uh, you know, a kid saying, "My daddy's a fireman." The other one said, "My daddy's a national." The last kid said, "My daddy's a works at I was a Hanley," and all the kids go, "Wow!" So. I, I did a, this whole bunch of these, these whole, this was the first commercials I did it, at, at, uh, you know, in 1960, at, at, at my new agency. Johnny Carson picked up on, ev- on, on like five or six of the commercials, and he would say, and the, the commercials only ran in New York. Uh, you know, it, but he, and he was saying things to people like, out of context, like, I'm learning, I'm learning. <laughs> and then he would, and then then he would, out of context, he would go, "Wow!" You know, so the way the kids said. And then out of context, he would say, um, "He would say, uh, where were you when I needed you, people?'" And a lot of, and a lot of the people, they, they, the producers realized that a lot of people didn't understand quite what he was referring to. And so, what they did is they, they. Every night they played free for about three weeks. They for free. They played the uh, commercials. The commercials I did nationally, <laughs> so everybody in the country <clears throat> knew what he was talking about. Knew what, they were, what he was referring to, you know. And it was on hand. It became the most famous. They did research. The most famous stockbroker in America. They were <laughs> only two months old. And they were nothing compared to the Merrill Lynch's of the world, you know. Uh, that's, that's what is possible to do today, you know, uh, with the Internet. You know, uh, I hearken back to Where's the Beef and other type uh, slogans that made their way into pop culture. And I think that's a great example of, and you, you illustrated a great example of how all that can work for an obscure advertiser, not somebody like Wendy's. I want to ask you a question, shifting gears for a moment. You were known, and certainly the golden age of advertising was known to utilize celebrities as spokespeople back in the day, and they utilized celebrities in a big way. Today, we don't really see so much of that. Is that because celebrities today are so much written about and exposed through the Internet and elsewhere that you can't really find a squeaky clean celebrity and you <laughs> there's fear about aligning a celebrity to a product these days as opposed to back in the 60s? Well, it's hard to say. You know, uh, I think I basically invented um, using celebrity in 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 ways that seemed wrong. You know that in you know uh, you know Joe Lewis saying, "I just want to say one thing." You know, yeah. uh, for a stockbroker. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, um, Joe, Joe uh, Namath in the pantyhose. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I had the, the, the six greatest athletes in America. 
one after the other. Mick, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, Willie Mays saying, "I, I want my, I want my." They said, "Willie Mays, I want my maple." Will, Will Chamberlain, I want my maple. For a kid cereal, you know. I mean, I, one after the other. I want my maple. I want my maple. Then the voiceover says, "Maple, the oatmeal heroes, the oatmeal cereal that heroes cry for." You know, um, and and and. Uh, uh, so, uh, 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 Joe Namath, like, uh, as I was working as a secretary for for a, a, a boss, and at the end of the commercial for Olivetti, and at the end of the commercial, uh, he types it right up for her, and, and at the end of the, she reads it, and, and she she looks at it, and she says, uh, "You do very good work, Joseph. Uh, you know, <laughs> what are you doing for dinner tonight? You know, Bing. You know, so I the I use athletes in ways." That didn't make any sense, but they made they were they were made all the sense of the world. And guys loved doing the commercials. Yeah, they loved if, if somebody if I got to somebody and they and they said uh, they said Lois wants to use you in a, in a commercial, they said yeah. You know, I mean, I had Jim, I had Yogi Berra watching a cat exercising and in in a gym, and 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 he's talking to the cat. The way we shoot it, it looks like they're really talking to each other. And I use Whitey Ford as the as the voiceover, you know, as as the cat's voice, you know. And uh, okay. so, so I I, I use I use them in a way where it, they look like they were doing it for fun. They weren't doing it for money. You know, and that they were enjoying themselves, and uh, and somehow today, um, uh, today for, somehow uh, they all want giant dough for it. I mean, they all they make zillions. You know, yeah. uh, they want giant dough for it, and the commercials um, basically are most of them are to say how great they are. You know, no matter what brand they work, they're, they're doing it for. Somehow, it talks about how great that athlete is. Yeah, you can. I you can throw up at most of them. Yeah. I mean, you can, and you can wind up really hating them. You know, and 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 hating the product. You know, uh, but if I did a commercial with um, with guys uh, with uh, you know, saying I want my maple, uh, 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 maple, uh, maple uh, sales went up like eight hundred percent. You know. Um, because you fell in love with the guys and you fell in love with the product, you know. Sure, yeah. um, somehow, they're, they're, people are using the athletes wrong, and maybe it's because athletes today make too much money and they're kind of uh, not uh, not real good guys anymore. Our conversation with George Lois here on the advertising show, Brad. We have uh, kind of run out of time here today, but the good news is we've got George back next week. Correct. Right. All right. We will do that here on the Advertising Show. Are you enjoying the interview? Hope you are. More to come next week. The Advertising Show is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production. More with George Lois coming up next week. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com.